We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses, and you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA. KJ Podcast, we've had a fun summer here. We were going on a media tour, bringing in some of the best of the Bay Area Mines. And we've got Ted Wynn on the line. What's going on, my friend? Nothing much. Just relaxing in uh, L.A. How are you doing? Yeah, Ted's on assignment down there for The Athletic. Got a couple of cool interviews. He's pumping away, working remotely. Ted, I met at a coffee shop a couple weeks back. This guy's got just such an interesting backstory. Was a high school quarterback in the Bay Area. Um was a high school football coach and teacher, and his blog caught on, and he's really making waves. We're going to pick his brain on 49ers and Raiders. But first, Ted, you were with QB Collective today, high school quarterbacking camp I've been affiliated with. I've doing, done some consulting work with Sean McVay was there, Jeremy Bates. It, it's just kind of a cool quarterback incubator for those high school kids. Just as a football mind, what did you think of those NFL coaches working with high schoolers? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, I, you know, watching that, I wish I got that kind of experience when I was a high school quarterback. And uh, I talked to Richmond Flowers, the, the guy in charge of it after, and he said the same thing. You know, he's trying to provide these uh, high school quarterbacks with the, that, you know, a connection with the NFL. And I think that's pretty cool. That's in L.A. And they, Kyle Shanahan's been involved in this, too. Richmond Flowers really trying to educate high school quarterbacks, pro-style concepts. Ted is a Raiders expert, but he knows the 49ers well, too. I want to start here with you, Ted. 
Jimmy G or Derek Carr at the end of 2018, who do we think has a better season? There's a lot to play out. Injuries, health. Um, Jimmy G obviously riding a big wave. Can he continue that? Derek Carr, can he learn the new system? Both quarterbacks, to me, are, are very close. Uh, Carr had a down year in 2017. Maybe it wasn't all his fault. Everything plays out in your mind. Um, you know, if they both have good seasons, uh, who do you think will have a better season, I should say, Jimmy G or Derek Carr in 2018? Oh, man, are you trying to turn all my readers against me? <laughs> hey, yeah, no, I mean, you can hide both of them up. Like, I'll, I'll give you something else. I mean, what's a flaw that Jimmy G and Derek Carr both must correct and overcome? With, with Jimmy Garoppolo, it's his long ball. He um, hasn't shown that he could throw a good long ball yet, and it hasn't really caught up with him because he had such a hot um, hot end of the season. Uh, but I wonder if NFL defensive coordinators are going to see that um, going into next season and you know kind of dare him to throw that long ball, and he's going to have to improve in that area uh, to take the next step, obviously. Uh, I mean, with Derek Carr, it's just, you know, last year was such a mess with the, the last coaching staff and Todd Downing being such an inexperienced offensive coordinator and that injury. Uh, but really, he's progressed every year he's been in the league except for last year. Uh, so this year, it's going to be, it's not going to be easy. I think John Gruden is a brilliant coach. It's going to do, uh, they're going to work well together. But uh, the first year learning this offense could be complicated. Uh, so it'll just be, We'll, we'll see how he adapts to this playbook and how quickly he can pick things up. I want to go back to these quarterbacks, but I think you and I disagree there. You've studied John Gruden. You know the X's and O's. I'm, I'm just going based off gut feel and, and what he's been saying. It reminds me a lot of when Joe Gibbs first came back to the NFL in 2004. He did a power eye. Um, the Redskins went 6-10. and 10. It was an adjustment for Joe Gibbs to come back in the league after winning Super Bowls and coming to the Redskins – as the savior, I, I'm just, I think John Gruden might struggle a little bit this year just being thrown way back into this thing. He is a brilliant play caller. He wasn't, you know, the man in Tampa Bay, though. So just kind of sell me on John Gruden. I'm, I'm down on him. You're high on him. Why should Raider Nation be high? Uh, well, I think there are some good things and bad things with, you know, the hiring of John Gruden. I think schematically, I think he's uh, spent – Every you know day since he's been fired, working as hard as any coach that's been uh, still working in the NFL. Yeah, you know, he's waking up at you know 3 a.m., getting to his office, studying film, studying the latest trends and what's going on. And he had all that access with Monday Night Football uh, to all these coaching staffs, and he's you know, he's learning what's working for this staff. He's learning what's not working for this staff. He's modernizing his playbook, and he's been just hardcore studying. And it, it, I think it'll be really interesting to see how his offense has evolved since uh, his his last stint coaching. Uh, so schematically, I don't think it's going to be – I think it, it'll be really interesting, and I, I don't think he's going to be like Joe Gibbs where he's so behind on uh, modern football that it, it'll hurt his team. I think, if anything, he might be a little more plugged in than, uh, than some of the coaches in the NFL still right now because he's had a chance to sit back and study everything, you know, from the college game to high school game. Uh, so, like I said, I'm really interested to uh, see what he puts together there. Yeah, and he's brought in a lot of veterans. It's just been a questionable kind of off season from a national perspective. I think he's taken some heat, and I think predictions for the Raiders are kind of all over the map. I've seen six and ten. I've seen ten and six. 
it could be an adjustment, but I mean, at the end of the day, the Raiders have stability at head coach now. I do think that's good for them going forward. A coach that matters more than Kyle Shanahan to me this season, you, you know what Kyle's bringing to the table. He's going to move the football up and down the field. You're just banking on the offense being in good hands. I think the coach that matters more in San Francisco this year is defensive coordinator Robert Sala. He hasn't been given many tools at pass rush. The interior is great. I love DeForest Buckner. Reuben Foster is a run stopper. I think they're going to be able to stop the run and, and be top 15 there. Richard Sherman's health. There's a lot at play here. Just knowing schemes the way you do, Ted, you're Robert Sala. How do you make this 49ers football team better? What what combinations are you using in, in sub packages? Um, and, and do you think there's a lot of pressure on him for this defense? Yeah, I mean, uh, they drafted – They've worked on that interior rush a lot, and they've added to it throughout the years, obviously, with the first-round draft picks. I think DeForest Buckner is going to be one of the best interior rushers in the game. I thought last year he had a a really strong year, despite not getting the sack numbers. Um, And I think this year he's going to get better and uh, hopefully could finish with more sacks. Uh, But, yeah, like like you said, that edge rush isn't very strong right now. They didn't do much to address it in the offseason. They did address the secondary and— you know, with Richard Sherman there, uh, it just depends on how he heals up from that injury, which is, um, you know, they're saying the right things right now and things look optimistic for him to fully return. But I don't think, you know, we really know um, what kind of Richard Sherman we're going to get next year. And that's going to be a huge piece of the puzzle uh, because that secondary was uh, so thin last year. Uh, but I think um, that the rookie, I believe Witherspoon, uh, I can't pronounce his first name. Killer Witherspoon. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really high on him. I think he's going to be a really good corner. Uh, but, you know, that secondary is really going to get glued together by uh, Sherman if he's, he's healthy. Uh, but as far as Salah, that scheme, that scheme isn't extremely complex. It's, uh, it's, it's actually, you know, basic in that they're not doing a ton of different things. They have a lot of different checks and a lot of different adjustments they make within that scheme. Uh, but their philosophy is to uh, run, you know, their ba- their base coverages, but play fast and not have to think so much and you know switch coverages every da- every play. And uh, that's that was kind of the Seahawks' philosophy. I think that's the philosophy that Salah wants to bring to the Niners. Uh, so, you know, we'll we'll see how they take take to it year two, and you know that interior rush has to be really good because I just can't see that edge rush being. Um, can't I can't see that edge rush taking a, a step up this season with the, how little they addressed it in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, well, they drafted Solomon Thomas to kind of fill this answer, like to be the sack master, right? Because DeForest Buckner is more of your interior guy, or are they both going to play in the interior? Yeah, I just think there's a lot of pressure on Robert Sala to gel these pieces together, figure out where he can create pressure, because I just don't think John Lynch gave it to him. On the offensive side of the football, there was Allen Robinson. There was some high-name free agents. I mean, they brought in Dante Pettis at receiver, Jarek McKinnon. There was a couple of splishes and splashes there. The offense, I think, will look and feel different. They've had struggles in the red zone, Ted. And this is kind of my hypothesis. The offensive line actually could be their red zone weapon. I think they could be running the football more inside the 20. Weston Richburg at center. He's athletic in space. McGlinchey. They, they got rid of a good right tackle on Trent Brown to say, hey, we have to address the run game here. I think it's going to help in between the 20s somewhere Jimmy G hasn't proven anything yet. 
This team really struggled there last year. Maybe it's Kyle who struggles there. Um, this team's red zone issues, do you think it'll be a problem? And just what they did with the offensive line, is it enough to really make this offense very dangerous? Yeah, I think you uh, hit a good point there. They have to be able to run the ball better if they want to improve their red zone offense. And um, I think they feel like the good sheets are better fit for that outside zone scheme than Trent Brown, who's kind of a big mauler type of offensive lineman. Um, and Weston Richburg is definitely, I think, an upgrade at, at centers. And so we'll see how they gel. Uh, teams that typically go to the outside zone on their first year, they typically struggle in it. It's very rare to see a team uh, pick up that scheme quickly. So that's why last year when the Rams did so well with the outside zone scheme in year one, that was really surprising. Uh, so with the Niners, they were year one last year. Uh, and they'll be in their second year this year where teams will typically get better you know, running that outside zone and learning that scheme and getting that chemistry with their double teams. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the, the red zone offense wasn't good last year. So if they could get better at running the outside zone, I, I expect them to be much better in red zone. Also, Jimmy Garoppolo coming in late, uh, definitely. Because, you know, when you're in a red zone, space is compressed and things have to be more precise. And it's hard to be very precise when you have a quarterback just learning the playbook midseason. So, you know, hopefully with a, another year under his belt, they could have that precision and timing in the red zone. Is it going to be shocking if the 49ers are a bad team? Is there some people who say eh, they're, they're just not ready yet and everything bounced their way at the end of the season? Maybe they weren't playing on a 5-0 and level. I just feel like the fan base is so energized right now. And some of them are going to tweet me, why is KJ being negative? I'm really trying to just be a realist here. The Kool-Aid is being dumped on everyone's head. Is there a scenario where Jimmy G really does take a step back, like a sophomore slump? Um, this, you know, They have long contracts, so it won't be the end of the world. They've built up a lot of clout. John Lynch keeping on to Reuben Foster. They, they've, they've made some so-so decisions in the draft if Solomon Thomas doesn't pan out. But crisscrossing back and forth here, big picture. I mean, there's a scenario where this team does disappoint. Yeah, for sure. I mean – they, I think they've made a lot of um, the right moves on paper, but there are a lot of question marks as well. Like Jimmy Garoppolo, he did well at the end of last season, but you know we'll see what happens when defensive coordinators have uh, you know, a lot of film on him and more information, a game plan against him, and can he carry that hot streak to year two? Uh, the offensive line is still a question mark. Are they going to be able to run the ball better than they did last season? It looks like they could on paper, but... We'll see, we'll see if they'll be able to do it. And uh, Richard Sherman, they're depending a lot on Richard Sherman coming back. But that's not a for sure thing, too. So there, there are a lot of things up in the air, for sure. I mean, I could see them doing really well, but I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, some of those moves didn't pan out and they end up not doing too well at the same time. Across the Bay Bridge, Reggie McKenzie, if this goes poorly, you made a good point, Ted, like, John Gruden, all right, he's not going to be Joe Gibbs. I, I do think that just stepping right back into the head coach's seat is going to be perhaps bumpy. I, I have them missing the playoffs. If that's the case and it's a little disappointing and it's 6-10, and 7-9, or nine, do you think Reggie McKenzie survives? I think, I think he'll survive at least one more year. Um, I think he'll survive one more year just because Gruden hasn't had a chance to um, work with him for a full year yet and you know they're, they're really trying to rebuild that roster together i think that uh john gruden does have a lot of power with you know within the with the, within making moves uh personnel moves obviously from what we've seen 
Uh, but I do think he values Reggie McKenzie's opinion. So I and you know just jumping there first year installing the system, I think there's uh, um, there's you know, he could have an excuse to say you know it was our first year. Let's see what happens. We work together a, a second year together. Ted Wynn with us, staff writer at the Athletic, might be the best film guru right now in the game. Meteoric rise in sports media. It's been fun to watch. Get to know football from him. You sat down with Dante Pettis, I think a couple weeks before the NFL draft, before he was a 49er, got to know him as a route runner. Why did Kyle Shanahan fall in love with him? And does he have potential to be a number one receiver one day in the NFL? Uh, That's hard to say if he has potential to be a number one receiver because he doesn't exactly have a lot of dominant uh, physical traits uh, that you look for in a number, number one receiver. I'm not saying he can't get there. Uh, but I'll say just you know right off just looking at it, looking at his physical stature, uh, he doesn't he's not blazing fast or he's not huge, but he does a lot of things very well, and he's a very very intelligent player just based on uh, watching him and then talking to him, and um, obviously that bowls you know that it bowls well in Shanahan's offense where they want to move him around a lot and they have a lot of different route uh, route concepts they want to run with him. Uh, so I think you know Shanahan values intelligence, and that's why Pettis was so high on their board. Uh, but I, I'll say the jury's still out on whether he could be a number one. But I just think he could be a very good uh, number two or slot receiver at the very least. Do you have a play like for him that you've seen on film? Uh, yeah. Um, so they have this concept called the blaze out concept uh, that I saw Julio Jones run a lot. I, I wasn't, I never seen that route ran like the way Julio ran it in Atlanta. And I, you know, I was always very curious about that concept and I was able to ask, uh, one of the Niners coaches about it. And he, you know, kind of broke down the concept for me. Uh, but then I saw Pettis run it in camp. So, um, I think that's going to be a good, good route. Uh, that's going to be a good play for him. And if you want to learn more about that, I, I actually wrote an article about it for the athletic I am really fascinated by Kyle Shanahan's system. Sean McVay's system is based in part off of Kyle Shanahan's system. Um, now you've got the Tennessee Titans running it with Marcus Mariota. Uh, do you think the Titans will have some success this year with this system? Is This could be a coaching tree that spawns. you got Rich Scangrillo. You've got a bunch of coaches in L.A. working with Sean McVay. They were all up in Redskins lab, as they call it working with RG3, working with Kirk Cousins. Now these coaches are kind of infiltrating the NFL. Um, this system and scheme, how do you see it working with the Titans and, and how do you see it just you know evolving in the NFL? Uh, it's just a very complete system. Um, it, you know, it's all based on running the ball uh, well and running the outside zone well and bootlegging off of that. And it's so hard. If you do it well and uh, good, good enough, it's so hard to tell the difference between the, them actually running the ball or a play action pass because the offensive linemen are moving in one direction. Uh, the, the running backs taking a wide path, the quarterback is sprinting back there and stick that ball out. And, you know, you can't tell when it's a run for the first couple of seconds because he could hand the ball off and it looks exactly the same, or he could pull it and it'll look exactly the same until he boots around. Um, and that's kind of the, the bread and butter of that system. And then they built so much on it. They've added spread concepts to it. Too, and it really kind of modernized uh, that Mike Shanahan outside zone philosophy. And it's kind of the hot thing in the NFL right now. I love that you mentioned that hot thing in the NFL. It's be, obviously become a passing league the last 10 years. It's 
entertaining. The ratings are amazing. As far as schemes go, what's next? What's in the 2020s? What's in 2025? Do you have your eye close to it? Or do you, could you have any predictions of like where play calling offensively is going to go? That's that's hard to say. I mean, right now the you know the craze right now is the run pass option, the RPOs uh, that's come from the spread system, and that's kind of infiltrating every NFL offense, even if they're not completely spread. Um, but I think I actually think that the NFL is going to go back towards running the ball more. I mean, you see um, the kind of success that Shanahan had with you know two back offense um, and. You know, with all the success he has in San Francisco, and if he does has another good year um, next year with Jimmy Garoppolo as a copycat league, people are going to start copying them. So, you know, while the league goes smaller and trying to defend the pass, maybe teams go back to trying to get heavy and run the ball out of two back sets. Uh, football is kind of circular in that way. You know, teams start adjusting, and then uh, and then the off- uh, defense start adjusting, then the offense starts adjusting, and it could go back to more old school football. I kind of like that. Yeah, Leonard Fournette, um, obviously Todd Gurley. Like there's running back, Ezekiel Elliott. You are seeing running backs picked in the top 10. Um, they do matter. We have Ted win with us. I want to play a quick game with you, Ted. Uh, I'm going to name a quarterback, and you tell me whether you'd rather have that quarterback or Jimmy Garoppolo going forward. And we'll, and we'll, okay. do, we'll do kind of like a rapid fire. Okay. Matt Stafford. Matthew Stafford. Wow, you'd rather have him than Jimmy G. Why? Uh, well, he he's played at a very high level for a few years now, and Jimmy Garoppolo just doesn't have, have the um, the resume that he has so far. I mean, Garoppolo. I think Garoppolo's ceiling actually might be higher, but I think taking Stafford's a, a safer choice because he's proven that he could do it for a few, a few years. Kirk Cousins. Garoppolo. I think Kirk is very good, but he I think he's kind of maxed. Like, we've seen the best of Kirk Cousins, I feel like. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo can be much better than that, that level that Kirk Cousins has played at. Jimmy Garoppolo or Cam Newton? Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Cam Newton. He's got the toughness, experience. You can do a lot with him in the run game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, very versatile. He hasn't had a lot to work with the last couple years, and he's still been able to um, carry that, that Carolina offense. So I'm going to say Cam Newton. Fun game playing with Ted Wynn here. I don't know. I mean, Drew Brees you're taking, obviously, over Jimmy Garoppolo. Russell Wilson, you are. I, I think Jimmy G is better than Jared Goff. Goff has a lot of room for improvement. Really turned everything around with Sean McVay. He just doesn't seem like the dynamic passer. He does seem accurate and can get the job done, but Jimmy Garoppolo seems to have more arm talent. Yeah, uh, I'll agree with that. I think uh, Goff's deep ball might be better than Garoppolo's at this point, uh, but def- definitely Sean Bay's offense and play calling uh, you know, made Goff look a lot better than he is. Not that he can't get to that level. I mean, I was a big Jared Goff fan. Uh, when he was during that draft um, process, he was my number one quarterback. Uh, but he does have a ways to go. I think Garoppolo has actually shown that he could play at a higher level than Goff so far. Is there one of the rookies you like, Baker, Josh Allen, um, 
I mean, Lamar Jackson will have a red shirt year. Who else we have? Uh, Rosen with Arizona, or excuse me, Rosen with um, yeah Arizona and Darnold with the Jets. Is there a rookie you think might actually play well this year? Yeah, my number one quarterback was actually uh, Josh Rosen. I think he's just re- extremely ready to play the pro game uh, from a mental standpoint. His technique and footwork are very clean. Uh, I, th- I think that Arizona got to steal with him. I think he's, he could um, – I don't know if he's going to start right away because they do have um, – uh, what's his name? Uh, who's? Yeah, they still have Sam Bradford, so I don't know if he's going to start right away. Uh, but if Bradford struggles or gets hurt uh, like he's been – known to get hurt, that Rosen could jump in, and I think he could have a pretty strong rookie season. Uh, Sam Darnold is a, it's just a wild card. I mean, he has so much talent and uh, so much ability, but at the same time, he just makes some really reckless decisions at times. Uh, but he, he's a wild card. I mean, the talent is there. It's just going to depend on whether he's going to be disciplined enough to do make the right play after play. Khalil Mack, are they going to get this contract done? I mean, the Raiders are, but... It- it's not, it's not the best thing to have hanging over your head. I do think the media blows it out of proportion because there's not much to talk about. Um, he's the best pass rusher in the game. They're not going to bungle this situation. You get a Khalil Mack, you keep him in your building until he can't play football anymore. No, I absolutely agree. He, uh, just, he's just he been carrying that defense for uh, so long now. Uh, and he deserves this big contract, and you just don't let one of the you know best players in the NFL um, leave your team, so they, they have to get this contract done. I think they will. We're wrapping up with Ted Wynn here. I mean, Jordy Nelson and Doug Martin, what did you make of those moves when they happened? Uh, so Doug Martin, I'm not a, I wasn't a big fan of that move because uh, I don't know where he's at physically, but he has impressed in camp. He ha- looks pretty quick. Uh, looks like he got his uh, speed back. You know, he's running away from guys in camp, but it was in OTAs and guys don't have pads on. So we'll see. If they if they get a revitalized Doug Martin, he could be a pretty good number two. Uh, but he just hasn't shown that he could be that guy in the last uh, couple of years. Uh, Jordy Nelson, I actually like that move. I understand that move. Uh, Nelson's a veteran receiver, and they need to get better at actually catching the ball. The Raiders led the league in drops in the last few years. So getting a sure-handed guy like Nelson who could teach um, these younger guys like Amari Cooper and Martavius Bryant help her find their game. And I don't, I don't think he's as washed up as people uh, say. I mean, he, the, in 2017, he had a pretty strong year. He's, when Aaron Rodgers was in a lineup, he played well. But after Aaron Rodgers got hurt, his stats really dipped. Uh, so I think Rodgers, I, I think Dory Nelson still has something left in the tank. I don't think he's going to be uh, – I don't think he's going over 1,200 yards or anything. But I think he could be a good compliment to Amari Cooper. I love talking ball with Ted Wynn. He's on top of the game. He's – making moves this season in the NFL. You're going to be at every game pretty much, Ted? Are you going to bounce back and forth for Raiders and Niners? I actually don't uh, like attending games as much. I, um, I I do film reviews, so I don't have to be at the, the games. I don't have to do recaps right away. I actually kind of like watching the game from my house so I can you know, rewind and see what, uh, what scheme that one team's running. Uh, where you, know, you can't do that live, obviously. Uh, so... Yeah, my, my articles are more done with uh, film review anyways, so I actually like enjoying uh, watching the game from the house. Couldn't agree more. 2017 was the first season I did that in five years, and I, I got to actually watch the game when you're there in the press box and the distractions and you're, you miss stuff and you're trying to write and tweet. Uh, totally with you there. Yeah, and the traffic's terrible too. 
So terrible. Enjoy LA, Ted. It was really fun to have you on the pod for the first time. Um, glad you got connected with QB Collective and really enjoyed your perspectives on the 49ers and Raiders. Yeah, thanks for having me on. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family has big plans for Labor Day weekend, but our outfits aren't measuring up. Then get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's huge Labor Day sale is on now. Get 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, 50% off all tees, and 50% off all sweatshirts and hoodies for the whole family. 50% off all those styles? That's a big deal. So is this. Styles start at just six bucks at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Change of plans. We're spending the weekend at Old Navy. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 830-93. Excludes in-store clearance. Active licensed and men's package tees. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.